0: So you moved to L.A.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Talk to My Assistant. Everything you never wanted to know about being a Hollywood assistant. I hope you all survived Thanksgiving and all the inevitable questions, such as, What's an assistant? Wait, no, seriously, what's an assistant? Are you a movie star? It's raining today in LA, which means people are very confused, but it's perfect podcast listening weather. So for today's episode, I sat down with a comedy writer who has sold and developed scripts and talks about the excitement of that process and unfortunately, sometimes the heartbreak of it. We also talk about her unique path to getting there and her current gig on a comedy writing staff. It was so much fun and I'm excited to share it with you. Don't forget to check out her picture on Instagram and follow us at Talk to TalkToMyAssistant. Hey, you know what's a free Christmas gift? A stellar podcast recommendation. So please share the podcast with someone who might be interested. You can even pretend like you paid for it. This episode of Talk to My Assistant is brought to you by Shaderade. Sick of your boss, peers, clients, whoever, throwing shade at you for ridiculous aspects of your job? Try Shaderade, a new beverage. Shaderade has the perfect combo of sugar, caffeine, alcohol, and unspecified substances to help you defeat the shade and get on with your day. Or at least to shut down your brain. Shaderade is not endorsed by the FDA, so you have to buy it on Craigslist. Side effects include peeing the color of the flavor you select. Shaderade also works for family holidays. And now, here's the episode.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been redacted to protect the innocent.
1: And did you always know you wanted to be a writer?
0: I no, I didn't, is the answer. Because I was I was a creative kid, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it, and I went I didn't know what I wanted to do in general. And I went to school and I had just was like a general m- major and I got there and I was like, this isn't right yeah. and I was in Colorado and I was like what am I doing with my life I feel like no I want to be doing something right. creative and I my sister was creative and every like and so I was like I I want to transfer and I basically switched schools and then when I got there and I went because to,
1: you wanted to switch to like a more creative school yeah
0: everybody in Colorado was doing like a totally business focused and this isn't for me the communications building was like a shack at the end of the road (laughs) and and so I said okay I think I I this isn't the place for me and so I switched and then I went and um transferred into film school because I was sort of figuring out by that point that I wanted to do something creative. I wanted to produce nature documentaries, to be honest. Yes. And I I literally, like, I went to... Australia and I picked invasive weed species on an island for a summer. Did you document your weed picking? Was Uh, that like a (laughs) a documentary? It was was not a documentary. It was just me like having I guess my like eat pray love at the ripe age of 19. (laughs) It was me and I was the youngest person on the trip by 10 years. Oh my god. Yes. That's
1: not surprising. I feel like picking weeds is not like where you normally draw in 19 year olds.
0: I, uh, yeah, another person had done a volunteer program through the same organization, but they were, like, doing something, like, building a school in Costa Rica, and for some reason I was, like, weed picking in, (laughs) in Australia, that's for me. Honestly, had an amazing time. right It was great, but it was right before I transferred, and that was the moment where I was, like, uh, I, I came back, and I, I realized pretty quickly that producing nature documentaries was a really hard job to get into and field and yeah
1: also they're insane they're also like planet earth yeah I wanted to do
0: that I I didn't necessarily want to be the person with the camera on the ground I mean I wanted to get to see all of that but I mostly wanted to be like oh, I would like to coordinate logistics for how to get permits to film yeah. in this place. <laughs> and, which, I mean, it still seems like a cool job to right, me. Right. But then suddenly I show up at film school and then I got into this sketch writing group. On a whim, I applied because I had heard fun things about it and I thought, hey, I could be funny. And so then I like signed up. What made you think you could be funny? Like, did, Were you just like the I- class?
1: growing up or you just yeah, like yeah oh, it was always this. I feel like yeah.
0: funny and yeah like groups of friends and stuff And yeah. and I I was like I'll give this a shot I didn't think I was gonna actually get in right and then I got in and it was this moment where I was like did hmm. you
1: have to submit like a packet
0: you had to submit a couple sketches and then do had like you
1: ever written a sketch before
0: nothing no not I I'd, I'd written like stupid things at camp that barely yeah. count yeah. yeah
1: so you had to like write a couple sketches to apply to this. Yeah. Oh, wow. I
0: didn't even... I had to ask somebody how to format right. them and what to do. Yeah. That's awesome. But... Uh, and one of them was so weird. when <laughs> It was just... I don't even... I think it, it didn't even have a, like a, a button or anything. <laughs> it was just... It wasn't very good.
1: But I also, I feel like college just really re- rewards really weird things. Yes. Like student groups in college. They're like, oh, this person has a yeah. voice.
0: Yeah. And I was like, I think I was just an idiot. <laughs> but, um... But then, doing that was the moment where, and we were writing sketches all the time, and I was I was doing this a couple times a week, and then it was that was the moment where I thought this is the outlet that I've been looking for. That's so fun, and I, um, I then got into this. At the time they had this intensive writing program at the school right. and I did that. It was two years.
1: That was like specifically for like film and TV. yeah, and right? there was yeah. also
0: playwriting in there, but we did okay. we did all. And then I did a playwriting program that they offered too. I kind of just soaked up any sort of program awesome. that they had that would allow me to come right. and write. And I kind
1: of think it's interesting because sketch is such a good like gateway writing because you can, you can write something that's, like, three pages long, finish something, and then oh, yeah. you can kind of get – I feel like so many people, like, in L.A. will do, like, a UCB sketch class and then decide that they want to be a writer. It's, like, so cool.
0: Yeah, and I had to, like uh, – you had to turn turn out material all so, the time. Yeah, so quickly. Yeah, and and it was the same through all of college. Then it was constantly turning out material because then I took every writing class imaginable. Right. And so I um, – yeah, and, I, and it was that moment, I don't know if you ever had this moment, I think we all do, I feel like you've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's just the moment where you're like, oh, you can, you can do this for a living, it right. never occurred to me that you could write for TV or film for a living. Right. I'm an idiot.
1: <laughs> well, no, because it's like, you you grew up in Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah. So probably no one was doing no, that. No, nobody was. So, yeah.
0: And, and so then and and even it took me a while I think to admit okay I want to do this for my job I think it's a scary thing to say I'm gonna f- commit to this for life so I I did internships in LA over the summer and stuff and the more I wrote at school the more I was thinking okay this is it this is what I want to be doing right and then so I did those internships I even interned at a uh, theater in Chicago. Oh, cool! I did development in theater, which is that's like um, when you're raising money. It was not um, actual film development. Oh, oh, right, yes. But it was like nonprofit or development. Theater development, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it was nonprofit development. I learned I do not like writing grants, um, <laughs> but. Hey good
1: thing to learn everything that you can cross off. yes
0: <laughs> and so I moved out to LA after I graduated and with the intention of I wanted to write for TV and I sort of kind of sent all of the mass emails that one sends please sit down with me for coffee you can I have 10 minutes of your time I feel like that's actually
1: really important for people who are listening is like that mass email stage like how did you like how did you figure out who you want to email and what did you actually write in the email I mean
0: anybody who had interned with or for anybody who was an alumni of school I, I did and it was I very professional and just I think the key is They all know you're looking for a job. So you don't need to explicitly say, hey, I'm out here looking for a job. Will you give me one? Right. It's like worse because then they feel like stressed about it. It's just you want to learn as much as you can. And those conversations are so valuable to sit down with people and hope that somebody will give you a half hour of their time in person or over the phone and just, you know, it's just asking if you can pick somebody's brain and if you can take them to coffee. Yeah.
1: And people like talking
0: about themselves. People love asking people questions about themselves they love it (laughs) but it's it was um and and you know a lot of times you might not get a response but for the 50 percent or whatever maybe it was more than that that responded it was they were so helpful and immensely valuable and essentially launched helped launch my career in a way and um like there was one alumni who worked at a late night talk show that I got to work on for a bit as a PA just temping because she helped put me in touch to interview in their PA department and that was sort of I mean it took me a couple months it's I think I think the scary thing is that you I like gave myself a two months before I was gonna go and find a barista job or something somewhere and then after that I was or before or I had that two months to do that and um did you make it and I did I made okay. it I, I was it was close I was under the wire yeah then. but during that time I just met with as many people as I could yeah. and then I actually I think it was yeah it was about two months yeah and, and so then um I uh one of the executives I had met with who was an alumni Said, I don't know anybody who can help find you. Uh, I, I don't know anybody who's looking for an assistant, but let me put you in touch with someone who might. And at the time, I was looking for. PA jobs on shows I was calling production offices trying to just get my foot in the door somewhere yeah but you were calling production offices yeah (laughs) I was you you could do that call if you have shows that like you like to watch find out who makes them call the office that's a
1: really good tip ask for
0: the production office number 99% of the time they are not hiring, do not need anybody, but sometimes maybe they'll keep your res- resume yeah. on file. So you actually got your resume into shows that way? Cu- a couple shows, Wait, yeah. That's awesome. And it was... That's a good piece of advice. It's a good tip because you never know when someone's going to get fired, you know? Right, so, <laughs> Or, let's be more positive, gets a better job and has yeah, to just take... Promoted. on gets promoted. Gets yeah. promoted, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, and, and if you're just nice and you say, you can just right. call and say, can I have the production office number for this? And you call, it's usually the production coordinator. And, right. And just say, you know, are you looking for any PAs? Yeah. Um, and they'll say no. And you'll say, thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I ended up, um, the executive that I had met with put me in touch with this other assistant who then um, learned of a job that was uh, a high- profile job at a film studio that was opening up and I had thought well I want to work in TV and then I was too good a job to pass up right and so um I ended up going and getting that job somebody had been let go so at before me and an
1: assistant
0: yeah and so it just wasn't a good fit and so I interviewed though very quickly and very much in secret, like my interviews were with the former. Was she
1: still there? She was still there. Did she
0: know? No, I don't think she knew at the time that she was uh, getting let go. And that's
1: so. I'm uh, sad.
0: Yeah, it was not fun. Nobody wants to be in that position. Yeah, look, it's I, not fun for you I, for either. All, by all accounts, she's doing wonderful now. It's okay, all great. Yeah, it worked yeah, out. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I um, I ended up. I was yeah. I was interviewing at coffee shops and stuff, and it was the thing where I wasn't at the time interested in working in film and wanted to be a TV writer and they were not interested in me necessarily as a candidate and but I very much and and I said this truthfully which is that I wanted to learn as much as I could I think when you're deciding whether or not to be a writer you can go and work at a coffee shop or somewhere that is unrelated to entertainment and just write as much as you can and try and get your samples down I took the mindset of I want to work assistant jobs within the entertainment industry to learn as much as I can about the business end of things because my dream ultimately is to show run my own show or have my own company. And if you want to do that, you have to be – you have to learn and know how that works and functions. And the other half of that being – the connections that you make obviously are incredibly valuable. You need to meet other people who are doing the same thing. Film and TV is a very collaborative process, and so to get into that world, you you have to know things if you want right. or people if you want to grow and because right. it's such a
1: system totally too, where you have to know. I don't know. So many of the terms are foreign, and just the way that
0: things actually get made are foreign. So, like yeah, and and so when I was interviewing for this job I was saying um I ultimately want to write but I want to learn as much as I can about entertainment beforehand and how things work and I think you're you don't need to be in a huge hurry it doesn't I think some people come out here and they say you have to have two samples in your back pocket ready to go I'm I definitely wrote things when I first moved here and I'm embarrassed sometimes that I sent them to people so quickly. You yeah. only get so many reads and yeah and you're always gonna be growing and getting better as a writer and part of it is knowing being strategic about when and how to ask people to read your stuff. We, right. we can get into that in a minute, but yeah. But it's so anyway, so I, I had interviewed for this job, and it was a, a third assistant job at a studio, <laughs> much like some of your other, I know someone else you have interviewed has had the same, <laughs> the same at job at a different time. That's um, a very
1: different story. Um, so. with different,
0: different stories. <laughs> Keep listening. Don't tune out. Don't tune out. <laughs> um, and very different career paths, which is yeah. cool. I think the fact that she has this third assistant job that has produced many people in many different fields right. of entertainment. Right. Yeah. And so um I mean I know somebody from that job who works in marketing and you know, someone else who's obviously a TV executive and I'm a TV writer and I just yeah. think it's just it's very cool. Um It's super good like entry level
1: springboard. Yeah. Right?
0: And I can and it was so I had been temping at this late night show and then I ended up getting the job while I was there and I was um and it was a very quick start and it was it was a real culture shock in a way where I'm sure in in a sense that it was just I I'd never worked a job that was that high level or that intense and you know yes you're the lowest person in this office but it's a really high up office and so yeah you're you suddenly are just thrown into the deep end or I felt that way and I wasn't coming in after a previous assistant and so it was very much, I had to learn a lot on the fly and I think um, it was an incredible learning experience and great to be there and also made me realize, oh, I want to write film too and I didn't ever consider that and then I realized how much I loved that as well and um, so that was great and the it was it's a very intense office it was just like it was i was working 12 hour days for a period of time and which is wow. i guess standard for many people when they start out but for me i was you was know, you, you hear day. 9 to 5 you think it's going to be 9 to yeah. 5 um, the myth of 9 to
1: 5 it does not exist yeah.
0: in many fields yeah <laughs> um but yeah it was uh it was definitely a lot of just you're essentially like a PA for the office i say it was about 50% professional work 50% personal work you're on hand for whatever and whenever
1: what were like the most like ridiculous things that you would say you had to do
0: i noticed them um, that uh i i guess rid- ridiculous i don't know i
1: or you whatever like just funny things I mean, that happened. Definitely, or... yeah. I
0: definitely once fell asleep waiting for her car to get fixed in the dealership. Oh my
1: God. Cause you were just so overwhelmed I and just, tired.
0: I was so, I was so tired and I had been there for like, it, it was, it was right. It was before Uber was really a thing. And so I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get back to the office. There was no one available to come and get me. There was no point. We didn't know when the car was going to be done. So it was a, almost a waste of time if I was going to, I don't know, order a cab or something. Yeah. But I, I, um yeah, I was sitting in the, office or in the dealership for so long and I fully fell asleep oh my gosh. and uh, I def- I got a call from the office they're like where are you and I was like I don't even know where I am right now <laughs> and, and then, then did
1: uh, you so you had to drive her car
0: I did have to drive her car which is very scary, nerve-wracking right? yes yeah. I def- I
1: had to park cars like I had to park bosses' cars that was
0: it's scary it,
1: it is scary the, and
0: you never don't feel stressed the entire I would yeah. always stress out I, I would be like I don't even want to touch the radio or change that nah. because I, I, or I would make sure it goes right back to the same song yeah. or station it started. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did a lot of driving of her cars. I um, I picked her up in my car once after coming back from Coachella uh-huh. and my car was so dirty and i was so embarrassed it wasn't dirty inside it was the outside was a full caked in mud did she
1: say anything i
0: i acknowledged it immediately which was it was funny she did not care yeah yeah
1: (laughs) she was great it was not her
0: the the office was intense but just because of the job and the structure of it is intense um but it was it was very i i sometimes equated it's it was like double worst Prada intensity but with a very nice cool right. amazingly talented boss so it it like you almost
1: like the best case you are going to do that the
0: positive scenario of yeah. that yeah it's it's how that works out and is an uninteresting movie <laughs> yeah
1: what was your dynamic like with the other assistants
0: they were they were great but they were certainly just like really intense and i came in as they were at the end of their time and they spent a couple years on her desk and they were very much, um, it, it was intense. It's an intense office and they were uh, expected things to be done a certain way. Everything was extraordinarily, um, in, like, it was intense, very structured and the how duties were delineated was um, really set in stone when I got there and so the, T- there, you weren't really going to come in and upend the systems or how it was working, right. even if you thought this is a more practical way to do this. And and I think you've touched on this before with some of these bosses. I think sometimes that's how th- things just s- sometimes get a little insane. when like you, they evolve. Yeah, yeah. They, this is how things – we've always done things and we, how dare we disrupt the routine. Yeah. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> and and so um, – but it was great. I think they they definitely gave me a – they were really professional in how they operated the office, which is great and set a really high standard of that. And so, I mean, I didn't really know how to answer phones and, and there's this, you know, which is so silly. I, I can answer a phone, but... It? A, it's, it's a, a skill,
1: unfortunately. And
0: their phones at the time were so the system they used was super ancient and not intuitive and yeah. I I was in charge of phones in the morning and no one had at the time had taught me how to do it and I, I cuz it was madness when I first started there cuz yeah. they um I was coming in for somebody who, who had had been let go and so I um I answered I a head of an agency called uh, or as a head of a management company called and um, I called my boss and it was uh, I immediately dropped the, the manager and so then and then I dropped my boss and I really I, I think I got on the phone with her and was like should we just put them on the phone sheet and she was like no, we need to get them back. I because mean, I, 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 I was like, like, what a dumb thing to say on my part. But
1: after you had just about
0: that, I was in a full panic. And I will say, look, you have one mess up, and I, after that moment, immediately I made my roommate come into the office with me that weekend, and I did ran phones with her over and over and over again until I did not have the stress anymore of how to connect and not drop somebody off the oh phone. Oh my gosh, that's intense. Yes. Well, I wasn't... I mean, it was horrible. No, I mean, it's also like
1: when you have such high stakes people, they're not used to being dropped. And I mean, starting at an agency, they spend like a whole day where you're like rehearsing phones. Yeah. Like I, you're just pressing the buttons to conference and I had no, transfer and whatnot. It was a
0: full, I guess, yeah, a you didn't deep end scenario. Yeah, and, they just pushed you in. And I really like... I I I remember that I, I was nervous to ask people to repeat their names cuz oh, yeah. cuz it's a hard when you're at an office like that and mm-hmm. you the people that are calling are really high profile and are never asked to repeat their names or you, you're expected to know who everybody yeah. is.
1: And sometimes probably they just have their assistant put them on the phone so it's like not even their Sometimes, assistant, yeah. they're
0: like, oh, I don't want to leave
1: her on with my assistant or whatever.
0: Yeah, or, they're just, or they'll call directly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so, exactly. And so I... <laughs> It would be embarrassing, and then, but then yeah. you can't be in a scenario where you say somebody's on the phone. I don't, it sounded like Bob, and you're yeah. like, you can't know. You have to know everybody. So I really had to then study up on, like, who are the people that call regularly? What are, where are where they, they calling from, from and, yeah. and who's high profile? And, and you just have to learn all of that because you don't want to drop calls. And I will say they had a really specific phone script and how you answer it. And, yeah. if, and I, I, at my next job, I was, I'm at this point, a, a real pro at phones. Yeah, and, I'm uh, sure, you know, I s- started low, but I improved. Uh-huh. And I will say I was there and the boss said, um, you should do phones like she does to the other assistants. Wow. So, what? I don't want to brag, but I mean, uh, I'm going to brag. A big compliment.
1: Yeah. I actually, to your earlier point, I would get nervous about asking people to repeat their names, so I would just um, pretend to be covering the desk. I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm just covering the desk. Would you mind?" Oh, I think that's the, the great tool. And yeah. then someone, some other agent walking by, called me out. They're like, "You can't do that. Why?" And I was like, "Why not?
0: Who's but, why yeah. nine? It's an assistant on the other end of the phone, yeah. and you're just avoiding an assistant who says." I just, uh, it's Joan. Like I'm keeping <laughs> the
1: egos afloat. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. That's, I, so that's a good Or trick. you
0: can say, I'm so sorry, I'm brand new on the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or <laughs> English isn't really one of my top languages. <laughs> it's going to
0: be somebody who, who was like, I talk to you every single day. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I um, mean, also people can't enunciate. So people don't. Also, issue. I
0: mean, because after that job, I, I worked at a production company and where you'd get a lot of first namers who people who call regularly and would get annoyed if you would say John who I forgot about that and I'm thinking okay you just called a company and said John how am I supposed to identify your voice such a common name yes you can only do that if you have a crazy there were some people who had celebrities or people or creators or people who had names that are are uh unique and yeah. so then they could be the one they could yeah. op- oprah it <laughs> john can't be the one oh,
1: oprah yeah, yeah oprah definitely doesn't have to be like Hi, hey, this is oprah winfrey i don't think oprah has
0: ever said i'm oprah winfrey
1: <laughs> wait so what was that next job
0: oh so yeah so i was at the studio for for a year as that job goes and then um as i was leaving i i knew i wanted to obviously be writing and, and I should say while I was doing all of these assistant jobs I was writing all the time I as much as I could find nuggets of time to do that I made sure I was consistently working on that right. as much as possible just like
1: on the weekends and at night yeah or... and I
0: had luckily at the time I was living with a uh, one of my roommates who was also a writer so we would on Saturday afternoon say okay we're gonna write from three to six today oh, or, yeah. and, which was good and helpful and and I think I made a point where when I started the job it was so intense for a couple of months that I didn't really have much time to write and so when it came to a long weekend I would just lock myself away and say okay I'm gonna crank out a script this weekend and get it done and um and again I like some of those things were are were and are valuable some of those things I just were pure practice and I have them in a drawer forever but it's really nice to like kind of continue to work on that skill while you're doing the whole other aspect of entertainment working at a company and er, one earning a paycheck and to getting to meet bunches of, of people and doing drinks yeah. and kind of being in that whole world. Totally. So, I knew I wanted to leave and do something creative and I and I obviously, well, creative I wanted to work on a show in some capacity. And so, I thought that if you'd ask me what my traditional trajectory would have been that I would have PA'd on a show and move my way up into to be a staff writer and that's yeah. not how it went at all yes yeah. I even when I was leaving that job I thought oh, it would be great if I could go work for a showrunner as if those jobs are just available at all yeah. times but um a, a job became available to uh, work for um a really big director and producer and writer and so it was a clear place to go where I would get to learn a ton and I worked for their head of production and development as an assistant and it's a small company and I was um and so I went there and I was there for two years and it was a really incredibly valuable amazing experience and one where I learned just so much about the creative process and they were making tv shows and movies and books and all kinds of stuff and so it was just a really great place to be and I was lucky enough to work with some awesome fun people and and because it was a really active production company I sort of got a bunch of experience doing random development stuff for all kinds of different shows and helping out wherever was needed and it also gave me more time to work on my writing which was great right yeah and so that was um it, I, I lucked out that it was just such a, a great place to go and have and learn and um
1: and were they pretty supportive of you as a writer
0: uh yes I would say so I think I think what's interesting is I never really went to these jobs expecting I think some people go into these jobs and expect oh well they'll just staff you on one of their shows or they'll do this and and I didn't go in with that expectation at all I wanted to go in and just learn as much as possible sure if obviously if that happens and sometimes that does that's amazing and it's great but I think that like a healthier attitude is just to go in and say let's do this job and learn as much and work as hard as I can and no
1: that's a really good outlook and you're also like then you're not setting yourself up to be
0: disappointed. Yeah. And expect it. Like I think you're there as an assistant. You're there to help facilitate their projects. Yeah. And what they're doing. Yeah. And, and, and they can tell if you're just trying to like. Angle jump free. The, y- yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't want to go in and just. Yeah. You don't want to game that system. I will yeah. say while I was there. I. uh I was able to get representation. And. um. How did you get your rest? So it's. I everybody gets them different ways. So for me it was another assistant who'd also worked in this at the studio before me. Um I had we had had the shared experience of being this third assistant, so we got to know one another and she um had she worked at a production company at the time coincidentally with the initial executive who was alum from my college that they um we're working for someone at the time together and and um so i i just sent her uh two of my scripts for notes just to say will you just i would love for you to read this. i sent her sorry i sent her one script don't send people multiple scripts <laughs> was to
1: thinking read. i that i was like wow. no no no
0: i sent her one script and i said will you read this i would love to get your thoughts and she said i love this can i share them with my boss and um or she wasn't her direct boss but it was, she was another executive the company she said yeah. can i share them with this Exec at my company who knew me because I had she was the one who I'd initially met with, yeah. So it was a weird round robin of, of is that the right term? I don't know, uh, but I like uh, it. okay, great, we'll call it that. <laughs> but um, it was this weird connection, and so basically, um, it was I think just an added vote of confidence that when my script came across this executive's desk, she had a reference point that oh. I know who she is. Yeah,
1: I I met with her. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and so I um, and then she said, "Can you send another script too?" And so I sent another script over. That's that is when the second script (laughs) came into the fold. Yes, (laughs) only when asked, (laughs) have second sample ready. (laughs) Um, I was glad I had it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What would you have done if? i I mean i i think i would have sent some other piece of writing yeah but, but um the so then she that executive very kindly sent my scripts around to agents and managers and people who might be interested in representing me and i think part of what made that a valuable um uh send is because she was their peer and friend and I think yeah. that that just helps get somebody to actually everybody all these agents and managers always are getting pitched people to sign and have people right. and so I think just it bumped it up to actually get a read from people yeah if it's
1: someone they trust and also you ha- I mean it's like you if it's from your peer like you're gonna read it because then you're yeah. gonna want them to read like your kind Things, of stuff and totally. it just like works both ways yeah. I think
0: yeah you're so right and I think the script that got me signed, the main one, I felt it that it was different. Like, it, I had written a lot of things beforehand, but this was the one where I thought, oh, it wasn't just people telling me that. It was when I was writing it, I thought, this is special. And I really, I wrote it really quickly and obviously then edited it for a while, but it was just, it kind of, I had written a couple pilots prior that I felt like I needed to write to figure out how to do this one. And yeah. that really, um, and then I, I also got to a point, too, where I'd gotten close with uh, some of the writers on some of the shows that the production company was making, and one of them just gave me incredible notes on it, which was really, really valuable, and I think helped transform the script. Um, And so um, one of the great pieces of advice that she gave me on that was, if you were to black out all of the character names in the script and read it, could you tell... Who was saying each line, and it's like a oh, very that's good, so good. yeah.
1: I that's like one of because like when I do script notes, it's like one of the things that's like so annoying is when all the characters sound the same. I know,
0: and it's it's hard.
1: I think, yeah. and it's a, and I shouldn't say annoying. It's just like that's a big.
0: It, it's a difference different, between d-
1: differentiate like writing skill.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a thing that I'm st- I still work on. I think right. you really want to make yeah. sure all of your characters are super unique and and, and have also a point of like, view and.
1: Yeah, and it's like not even just how they talk, it's like if, if they have like their motivations and that should be like coming across in each of their lines. Yeah. Right? yeah. And if you're
0: writing a script with a bunch of friends who have sim- who are similar and th- yeah. hence friends, it's sometimes I think that's where like it can get very muddied and yeah. you wanna make sure, okay, what who is this person? Where is she coming from and can you tell?
1: And it's also hard when there are a lot of characters like that when you're reading it and you're basically just keeping track of names. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean. Like if they don't stand out. Oh, totally. And then you, keep, you keep flipping back to look at the like intro of wh- who's this and you're person like, Wait, who is This, yeah. yes, and so <laughs>
0: yeah. black out the names. Can yeah. you tell the difference? Yeah. That's a good exercise. Um, but so then when that script went around, I th- I felt like oh this is different, and so then, um. I and all meanwhile I was still working at this production company and um I will say when I I ended up then signing with managers at that moment and um my boss at the time was really really supportive of the fact that I had found representation and I obviously which is great of course but I um in in doing that I felt you get nervous to suddenly tell your boss oh I'm I'm signing with representation because it says it it's a, s- a subtle hint of oh I might be leaving this job yeah I also should say if you're getting representation don't immediately think that your life is gonna change yeah it won't I yeah. think it's a very it takes time I think you sign with managers or agents and for some people it's like boom turn around you have a a, a writing job professionally yeah. I think way more often it's okay you have these and for the next long while you will still be working either as an assistant or a writer's assistant script coordinator whatever your job might be and and that's just how it goes you have to build relationships then with executives and that's what i did ended up doing next was i i did a lot of general meetings with different people my script got sent around i was really trying to you know just meet as many people as i could not just as a assistant but as a writer and um I was really the the biggest thing that I was so lucky to have which I know many people in assistant jobs do not have this flexibility is that my boss at the time let me do a lot of general meetings for almost a year while I was working there
1: so like not you mean just like your own writing general meetings no
0: my writing general meetings. so it would be yeah and so so you could I would leave the desk. I left the yeah. desk it was, I wasn't chained to a phone at that point so that was nice but yeah. the but it would be like okay, I tried to do as many drinks or breakfasts as I could. Yeah. And I also tried to schedule them as late or as early in the day as possible. But, uh, you know, you have to meet people a lot of times during work hours. And so, you know, I had sometimes at three o'clock, I'd be like, okay, headed to Burbank. And, yeah. and I would, of course, be on email and work from home and coordinate as much as I could. But it was, um, I really am forever grateful that, he yeah. let he let me do that because and was supportive of my starting my writing career in that way yeah well I was able to continue to earn a paycheck for almost a year and yeah that's awesome and so um yeah and it's a hard thing because it's I think those starting and to do those general meetings is important and it's a s- skill that you have to get good at as well and um, I signed with agents not long after I signed, a couple months after I signed with my managers and, in that time I also wrote another sample and, um, and then I, so I sold a script. It was how I ultimately ended up leaving the production company. Wait,
1: so tell us about that. Cause so, that's pretty insane. And I,
0: and again, like, so back to the, I thought that my career was going to go, like I would just work in staff on a show or hoped to do that
1: yeah and
0: and I and I always eventually wanted to be creating and selling my own shows I just I didn't realize that that was what was gonna come first right and so which was amazing and fun yeah obviously but um yeah I it just the sample that I wrote the one that got me representation um I worked with a producer on it and then it um ended up selling to their studio where they had a deal and then to a network and um a couple months not even, like a sh- shortly after that and so it was um it was amazing it was uh, i was yeah. awesome it's everything like everything you hope for on cloud
1: nine <laughs> totally like,
0: that- i literally got the call and i remember it was just me and my other friend who worked at the production company with me and i got off the phone and i was i didn't even realize it was so crazy i was like i think i think they're they're buying my script it was it was insane so cool. yeah and so and even still I still say that was probably in June and I didn't leave the job until November yeah I hung on to that paycheck because well, also
1: it's like you you for script you don't see money for a while right or you don't I didn't don't see the full not finish seeing
0: money to that for a year so it was yeah yeah it was a it's Studios are slow to pay money. Yeah. Um, if you're listening, please pay me. Yeah. <laughs> anybody, I'll take checks from yeah, anybody. I mean,
1: please just go ahead and send them to me. I'll make sure she gets oh, them. Oh yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> but I um, but yeah, and so I, I sold the script and it sold to a network and then um, it it ended up being one of the the way that this project ended was it ended up that the studio and the network could not make a deal template to make it work which was a bummer and so I ended up it was business the logistics that that uh killed that project and really or, or stalled it indefinitely
1: but you still I still, still bought the script and you still got paid
0: for still it, right? got paid and so basically you get, I got paid for the for the pilot and then we got very close for the next year and a half to making it a couple times we got near to okay all, all signs are go we even at one point a year later got so close where I was going over budgets and filming locations for a quick moment and then they didn't they weren't able to make a deal the studio and the network that's
1: so crazy it's a bummer
0: I you know and I think like
1: it was an external studio
0: it was an external studio and that's it's a that's we want that vertical integration yeah. but and again I think like i it's it's a bummer it's cool that all these people loved my script it was a career launcher i never anticipated that it would have gone that far to begin with so it's exciting i think on some level it's hard that it got that close and then it's just but maybe it didn't work out
1: maybe in the end it's like that's the most powerful learning experience that you can have at that stage in your career because like I feel like especially for TV writers and film writers too, it's just like heartbreak after heartbreak. Yeah. So you dealt with like one of the most
0: frustrating, excruciating yeah.
1: heartbreaks on your first project. You probably got kind of like wise. Into
0: it was that. almost a bit like getting, like getting ghosted in a way yeah. where it's like there's the because I had the firm heartbreak was next. That one was like a, it was like. <laughs> I, I what, Can you swear this? It's just yeah, like yeah, you're getting. You go, get a party you, yeah, you're. You're just like getting fucked around. Like yeah. it's just like a fuck boy. It's yeah. just, they come back and you're like, oh yes, it's happening. It's, <laughs> it's it's legit this time. And then suddenly they'd be like, oh actually, never oh mind. And I was finally, I got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Maybe one day he'll change, but for for now, I just need to let you go. Yeah, yeah, we're
1: not right for each
0: other. We're not right for each other. Uh, and and I think, you know, it, it all, I, I still, I think, will forever cling to the tiny bit of hope that some other project will, with some major star attached, will just create that template between the two of them, and I can just scoot on in with yeah. them, but in... In the meantime, it's like
1: this studio wouldn't drop out or something.
0: Yeah, I th- no they they're the ones that owned it. And so Ugh, so annoying. Yeah. Um, and so then I did that and I did a small I wrote a pilot for a, a digital company at that time, too. And oh, it was cool. it was at that time. It was probably November. And I'd been at this company for about two years. And I was I was um, it it got to the point where I was doing too much external writing and doing revisions on the pilot at the time and all this stuff and i i just couldn't do both jobs anymore and it's and i think you know there comes a point when you when you want to get promoted to any job you have to do the job above you before you get promoted and i think that's true for executives i think it's true for writing whatever you want to get promoted in you essentially have to be doing the job full-time before you can actually start getting paid to do it and that's sort of what i was doing while i was writing in my spare time but also then I was legitimately then getting paid for it. And I couldn't, I couldn't do both anymore. No, yeah. And um, it was, again, it was, I got lucky in that when I left my boss, well, I sat down and my boss was like, is it time? And I was like, it's time. And yeah. that was how I, I had a very easy quitting experience. Yeah. And, um, and the producer was, gave me lots of good advice when I left. And, and one of the things that he said is, especially as being a young creator is just to, really stay firm on what your vision is have a very confident and clear vision as a young creator I definitely don't be uncompromising and unable to, not not good to work with obviously yeah. but but if you are agreeably strong in your vision people will respond and respect that and and follow your leadership in that regard and it's he's kind of right it's true yeah and um and I always I thought that was good um but I so I, yeah I left there and then I went and wrote on um I got a short job writing on this digital series for an app and that was really fun and that was just a sh- couple months uh it was a really short writer's room and then a couple of months after that of just editing and working on the scripts but short quarter hour shows oh, and it was cool. the second season of this show and um and it was really fun it was nice to when you leave a full-time job after working for A couple years, it's a really scary jump to just say, "I'm leaving this." I don't have anything concrete. I don't know what to do with myself during the day. I know I'm supposed to write, but how does that work? What what do I do with my schedule? You've done this. Yeah, it's a a scary jump. Yeah, and so I think I did that for a little bit, and then it came in January. I came back and, or no, it was before that. It was it was a couple weeks later. I was working on the show for a little bit, and that was nice. And kind of ease the transition into freelance writer's life. Cause when that ended, I was like, Okay, now what do I do? Yeah. And so and then I had been waiting at the time to hear on my pilot, which obviously, as I said, didn't end up coming in any concrete way. So I started to work and develop other things and and it's not that I wasn't in I was certainly interested in going up for staffing. Again, even when I signed with representation, I thought, oh, I'm going to go and like staff yeah. on a show. But the truth is that like it's it's really hard to get those jobs, especially if you're not growing from within a show. Yeah. That, staff, that staff writer job. There's a million and one people going up for every single one of those jobs. And again, it's does the showrunner or, or someone around the showrunner have a personal connection to this writer that they can vet for them in a, a concrete way? and And so it's a... I didn't even go on that many interviews. I would say for staffing jobs, I went on a handful, and um, and then, and I weirdly I never. I think in maybe ten over a couple years, not even that many, but I maybe ten there. I encountered a woman one time. Mult every other time it was all middle-aged men and one time and two occasions so five middle-aged men Ugh. and they were just it was a, it was really frustrating it's frustrating to go in there and just sometimes you sit there and i I, I had had so much development success not to just you know separate it but from women and gay men who were really like advocating for my writing yeah. on this development side and then I would go into these staffing meetings and it would just be really like comedy or, yeah. and, and and like they were all like nice. They weren't bad interviews, but it. And I think you know, I'm I am writing on a show now for Wonderful men so it's it's yeah, it's great, and it's but it's it um, I think it was just I had had this expectation, and then I ended up in this other bubble that didn't. They're very separate worlds: this staffing world and the development world. And I have been lucky enough for the last couple of years to make my living just in this development world for the most part. And um, so last year I ended up, I, um, after I didn't know what was happening with my pilot, I, I ended up, um, I worked on another pilot that I didn't end up doing anything with. And then I I got a blind deal at a studio, a separate studio. And that's basically they bought a script from me without an idea. And so I, and that happened over the summer and then I went in and I pitched them a bunch of ideas and they said, we love this one. And it was fun because it was my favorite and definitely the weirdest of the ideas. Yeah. And a couple weeks later we went and pitched it to, um, networks and it sold to a network and so, so awesome! it was great. And that was a, it was cool because I had done the spec selling, but this was my first time ever pitching anything. And that was, and then it. you get
1: paid to write it, right? Yeah, and yeah. then I got
0: paid to write it. And you, you can more,
1: they'll, they'll like tell you. Well, tell me the process. Do they say like this is what we like from your pitch, but we when you write the script X Y Z, or did they like just let you run off and
0: write it? Uh, it was you. you sort of a step by step process. Yeah. Oh right, because you have to turn
1: in. Yeah, like
0: because I did a story goals. area, yeah. and and here's what that will look like. And right. so by the time I, I actually and wrote it, it was. It was pretty clear where it was yeah, gonna yeah, go yeah. but but it, I think what was interesting is that I don't feel like at least I didn't in college get or after really have any idea how to pitch. I would never sat in a pitch before right. I didn't that's not how the production company I worked at operated I wasn't obviously doing that when I was at the studio and so it was I didn't even know how to I ri- write the document I sat down and I said I I'm just gonna guess essentially I had asked a friend to look at a couple other pitches so I had a sense of what some other people were doing but there's not really a clear format
1: they they always look so different I feel like and
0: everybody has their own style of it and I just it's a real skill and I I took a swing at it obviously I lucked out that it not lucked out but it worked out well did the
1: studio help
0: yeah and I went in and did a practice pitch with them so because my agent at the time or still my agent but she said she said uh remember she hasn't done this before you need to go over this with her and I was like please give me some guidance here and so um and I was also a a bit of a unique process because ordinarily if you're developing a show or or a standard way to develop a show is that you have a producer that you're working with on an idea and you bring it to a studio and then they you pitch it to them and see if they like it and then if they do they buy it and then you take it usually it's an if come deal so if you sell it you get paid so you'll take it out to a to all the networks and I didn't have a producer on this project we just went who
1: would be the one hand-holding you
0: there was no hand holder so they and I will say the executives at the studio were awesome because they really did do a lot of right hand-holding for me and just coached me through the process and the executives were just very hands-on in that regard because there wasn't they knew there wasn't a middleman it was nice for me too, because I would didn't have another set of notes, so it was nice. Because um, ordinarily you get three sets of notes. In this case, I had two. Yeah. But um, uh, not that I don't love working with producers out <laughs> there. They're great.
1: No no, 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 yeah. But it's like sometimes that that means there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, and I and it was just it was cool. It was and I will. It also meant that I went into the pitch by myself with a with one of one or two of the execs from the studio and and um, I was lucky that we sold it on the first pitch so that when I went to do the others I felt much less pressure usually Whoa, that's
1: it, so cool you sold it on the first yeah and pitch. I
0: embarrassingly after I pitched it in the room they said was that your first pitch ever and I was like first pitch and I wish I could take that back so much <laughs> But but yeah, it was
1: probably like
0: sweet. It, it hopefully <laughs> well they bought it so I didn't yeah, ruin it so. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so they
1: yeah they're like oh never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah and I think the cool thing though about going through that because I think you you write all those pages and and you sometimes get frustrated because what I've learned especially in the developing world of writing both features and TV is that so much of it is. Extensive, just writing about a project without actually getting to even touch a script page, and I think it gets frustrating at times. I have learned to appreciate that process a bit more because I will say, by the time I went to write the actual script after I sold it, I had I knew everything that I wanted to really say, and and I was I wasn't afraid to adjust things. And I think there was a moment where I thought. Oh this this guy's not divorced he's a a widow or and so yeah. I, I was like <laughs> I just was like that makes that's how that's who this person is and I just so it wasn't that I couldn't adjust things but it was I had a sense of the show beyond just the pilot and I think that it's really good to conceptualize that and I think for executives they want to know like where is the show going to go what is it going to look like five seasons from now and you don't have to have a firm vision of that necessarily of exactly, this is how episode seven of season three goes, but no, where is this, what's the journey of this character or this group of people? And yeah. And, um, and it was just nice when I sat down, I, I knew who this character was. And so that was great. And then, um, and so that was the first heartbreak where I, I did the uh, the whole thing. It sold, it was all looking good. And then they, they didn't pick it up to to pilot, which uh, which was a bummer. They went in a very different direction, slate wise, for the network. So it if I take solace in the fact that the show would not fit on the network as it stands right now, <laughs> it was not right. Right, <laughs> but, but it's
1: still got to be. Yeah, such I, a bummer.
0: It was like a a day or two of me crying and being <sighs> sad, and then I was I was like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, I feel like it's you you. People tell you this and then you're like, this is how it's going to, it doesn't make it necessarily any better, but the truth is 99% of all the things you write, that's how it's going to go right. and you hope that that 1% is, is where you can live.
1: Totally. But And then it'll just make it all the sweeter when you right. yeah. <laughs> and so. It is like the most heartbreaking part of the industry because you have to put like so much of yourself into it. I, and then it's just like. And you put so much effort into the
0: projects. And, yeah. But I. And you fall in love with your characters and you get so attached to the fact that you have conceptualized all of this for yeah. it. So you want to see that through. You want to yeah, shepherd you this. You want to see it on
1: the screen. Totally. Yeah.
0: And I think when you get that, the closer you get, the harder it gets sometimes. Right. Yeah. But I tried to look at it as, you know, with all of these things, it's getting a little further than I thought it would. And the goal of. In the same way that if you do an informational interview, a great goal is to get someone else, get them to set you up on drinks or lunch or something with somebody else. Right, to
1: just make it more of like a web.
0: And so I feel like the goal you go into, or I try to go into is obviously, first and foremost, do the best job possible so that you can make this thing and make yeah. it as great as and funny as you can. But the other goal just is, be great enough to work with that they want to keep working with you after this, which, right. which I did, I'm doing another deal with them now. So I succeeded in yeah. that sense. And so it's the kind of thing where I feel like everybody starting out their career is sort of like a snowball and it's just, you know, you're at first, you're just barely trying to just gather it together and hope that it doesn't yeah. fall apart and that yeah. you can start to roll it. And then, and then it's just, the more the, – sometimes it just breaks apart and you have to put it back together. Sometimes yeah. the snow fully me- fucking melts. And then yeah. other times you just – hopefully you get to a point where, like, it's so big, it's not going to disappear, but you just want to yeah. keep packing on and packing totally.
1: on. Well, that kind of reminds me of something that it's, like – it's definitely not always true, but it's something that you can also take solace in, I think, is, like, at a stand-up mentor who was talking about how, like, when you're first – this is an interesting – Metaphor, but, like, when you're first doing stand-up, you're, like, a rock, and, like, uh-huh. it's, it's, like, the stream or whatever, and it's, like, sl- slowly smoothing your rough edges, right? Uh-huh. But if you – um, say you, like, catch a big break really early on when you're still super rough around the edges, mm-hmm. then, like, you might not be ready yet. You, you haven't been, like, smoothed over yet. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm sure your pilot would have been – like, it would have been great, but, like, just in general – I find that that's something interesting for people who are out there, like, oh, I didn't like catch my big break, and it's like, yeah, but if you have, if you have your way, you should catch your break when you've put in so much work that you're ready for it.
0: Yeah, you want to be prepared for it. Obviously, yeah. like you know, there's, I think people, it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, one, just the project itself, I want to make this, but two, yeah. the the excitement of like oh my God, could I just get to go skip all the other stuff and get yeah. to go do this? Yeah. And you're like, but it's not really skipping. All the other stuff is great too and really yeah. valuable. And I think it's, you're so right. It's, you're not, you have to be smoothed out by yeah. the time. And and I think you want to be really as prepared as possible by the time you do that job. And yeah. surround yourself with people who are going to teach you how to do it really well. Yeah. And so, and it's nice because so I am still developing stuff, but now I'm, I have, in the last couple of months started writing on a show and it's been great and already learning just so much about that and it's an animated show so learning about the entire world of animation and it's just it's incredibly valuable and it's amazing just to get it well one it's it's great to have co-workers for yeah. the first time in yeah. a while Oh my gosh, it's very isolating to sit and right by yourself but I miss co-workers I know right
1: I need like a podcast co-host <laughs>
0: I know you gotta have someone (laughs) Um, and and yeah and I think especially when I've spent a lot of when you're doing the development world it's a lot of just working on things that may or may not turn into something really being responsible for how you schedule your days what you're gonna do and being as productive as possible and It's just I gotta say it's nice to just go up, have a get up, have a place to go and do that job, and and also the most fun job ever. Right. I'm lucky to be in a room with like it's a small room with a lot of wonderful, nice, great, funny people. So. So
1: what is the room like?
0: Um, it's great. It's a lot like in this case we're, um, we're going through episodes now, and and uh, we've all we all broke to write our we broke the first half of the season, and then went off to write our scripts and came back, and now we're just going through them bit by bit and editing That's them awesome. together. And it's, it's... How long
1: is the season? Like, how many episodes? It'll be
0: 10 episodes. Okay. And it's just... It's it's really fun. I feel fortunate to be in a room where everybody is incredibly supportive and nobody's shooting each other down. Right. And, and I think that um, it'll, it's, it just makes for a really fun and funny environment. And, yeah. yeah.
1: And I imagine which is kind of what you're getting at collaborative
0: yes and that's and it's so as like there's so many moments when I've been writing by myself where I just think god I wish I had like people here who could just make this joke better and yeah and so it's very fun to be in a room where you'll say something and then somebody will come in on top of that and say something that's a a thousand times funnier and you're just yeah and and also just You know, it's this is the dream. This is the job that I dreamt about when I first was like, "That's what I want to do." And it's not only fun to get to do that job, but also to have it be just as great as you could have (laughs) imagined.
1: So heartwarming. (laughs) I I love that. Um, Okay, so just to backtrack a little bit, one question I like Uh to ask everyone as like the great unifier is like, when you're an assistant, did you ever have like a
0: low where you were like crying in the bathroom oh I had so many cries <laughs>
1: <laughs> also just a quick side note I love how you're like talking about how like you finally found the job you're
0: searching for and I was like let's do, do ha-, yeah have you cried left, when did you saw a blast <laughs> <Yeah>. your
1: happiness <laughs> is too much for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's take it back to when it was real bad look look I should say living my dream job constantly filled with the job will end and I'll go back into the of full anxiety yeah, about yeah. what I'm doing at all moments of every yeah, day, yeah. <laughs> but um, but we don't need to go. But no, no, yet. it's yeah, I'm not living with a constant uh, state of <laughs> 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 nervousness and anxiety. <laughs> Definitely um, not. <laughs> look, if you want to be a writer, I feel like it just uh, you're always gonna be plagued. I said this to somebody earlier today. I was like, even if you're the most successful, even if you can feel financially comfortable, which is great. I don't think, I don't think I'll ever get to a point where i'll feel settled in how things because you just can't know you don't know what opportunities are going to come up. but i
1: also feel like that i don't know because i'm not a psychologist but i feel like that's like what makes creative people like keep creating and like what makes creative people creative because you're like i'm I'm not – it's not one project. Like, I, I always feel like I need to, like, keep making something else. So, yeah. like, when it's your job, it, it kind of manifests probably in a bunch of different types of anxieties because, like, what you're saying, even if you're financially set, you probably have, like, an idea of where you want your career to go and,
0: like, mm-hmm. the prestige and, like, just creating. And you and you have to also just, I think, be so flexible about that because I had a uh, vision of, okay, here's how things will go – but you just have no idea because you don't know what opportunities are going to be available. You don't know what you're going to be writing or interested in doing. Right. And like maybe one day, 10 years from now, I'll wake up and be like, I want to write the darkest, grittiest drama right. of all time. And yeah. I'll go do that, you know. Yeah. You know? Maybe I'll say, uh, I want to be an accountant now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Well, I am horrible at math. <laughs> just another challenge. <laughs> um oh but back to my cries uh oh well, no this is a nice tangent <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think did I have any just like I mean there were certainly a lot I definitely I feel like I've just like blocked it out yeah um <laughs> I an assistant yelled at me because I didn't put the um there was a, a vitamin packet that I was supposed to set out and I had forgotten to set it out for who for my boss when i was working at the you just studio set out
1: vitamins yeah I just for set ones. out
0: vitamins for her and i hey
1: her health is important
0: yeah her health is important <laughs> she she got them okay <laughs> but there were little packets and i just forgot to put it out and, and she just she ripped me a new one about the other it assistant. yes it was like i had fully just set the building on fire it was oh like and i just thought oh my god like i'm like I, this is horrible what am yeah. i and, and it's just it ended up you know that was a good that was a bathroom cry, <laughs> and, <sighs> and I think it was just the shock of like first of all it's such a a trivial thing to begin with but you you wanted you know do it was I had recently started and I was overwhelmed at the job and you want to do everything right and you have a routine and that's what you have right. to do and you just God I was just like why am I getting yelled at like this? What am I doing here? How did, yeah. I, like, you know. That's the, mo- I think everybody has a moment where you're like, I paid- went to four years of college you get yelled at about vitamin packets, like, and also, she went and got the vitamins. It was fine. She was didn't just, like, care. It's just Again, like the-, the boss doesn't care. Uh,
1: it's like the um, assistant forgets that the boss is a human.
0: Yeah, she's a human. And she was always nice. <laughs> but... The, sounds like a rough one yeah it was a just a real you know I but there were many I'm sure there were lots of days where I just yeah I don't know I'm a cry it is true <laughs> I'm a crier too
1: I feel like it is true that you start to block that stuff out and I know. it's not really helpful so
0: I know you because at the moment at the moment like the vitamin packets were the biggest thing in the world and yeah. you' are sitting there thinking this is it this is my whole career in this vitamin packet and i yeah. have to do this right and i'm not doing this right apparently and 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 then you take a step back and you get three jobs removed from it or whatever and you think it's a vitamin packet who the hell cares and, yeah and it's fine and you get you know there are more important things in life and you also, get a little perspective on vitamins
1: it. vitamins are elective you know what I mean? It's, it's it was an elective vitamin. It was. Yeah. I know. It always are, and they were right on my desk. Huh. She walked right out of her office and just grabbed it. Did you ever
0: take the vitamins like I just wanna be healthy today? I'm just gonna steal. No, these I never vitamins. I never stole the vitamins. I did sometimes she I had made breakfast shakes for her and if she didn't want it sometimes I would drink it. Cause oh yeah, why like let it go to waste? Like any good Starbucks employee, if no one claims, if no one claims you have it, to drink. if if you're, I wonder how
1: unbelievably caffeinated Starbucks employees oh my get God. at that point. Uh, I mean, it must seem kind of. Di- I feel like if I worked at Starbucks, all that stuff would seem kind of disgusting to me. Yeah, because you're just like dealing with all that like gross syrup and stuff all day. I know. Is there anything else that you? feel like you want to share any last tidbits of advice?
0: Oh, a good piece of advice too, as I learned there. Are, I mean, a good attitude goes so far. It's insane. I mean, yeah. and I think that that just like is a, especially as working with some, I've worked with people who have just, you know, they, uh, let's just say they they weren't always the best at doing some of the very simple tasks or things but because they had a great attitude about it people just let them you know stick it out a lot longer right and and I think that that just it it makes all the difference in the world if you are engaged want to get better and just are I'm not saying you know don't do things that are terrible obviously but it's just and have obviously some standards for yourself but I just think in general if you're just a positive person to be around Mm -hmm. and are a hard and engaged worker people will respond well also it's such a business based on personalities
1: like you get hired basically as an assistant because your personality clicks with the boss so it makes so much sense that your attitude
0: and i also think in general don't get discouraged if if you're not getting some jobs it just is not a good fit you know yeah You'll, and there are so many things that you don't even realize are at play. And you tend to find things that are with people who are like-minded as you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, not, not always, but. Sometimes, not always. I guess, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just totally joking. I didn't mean to shoot that down. Well, I was just like thinking like, of like people that I worked for that I was not like minded with. at all. Well,
0: I think sometimes uh, when you're starting out, it's a full crap she, Like yeah. you just end up with people, and you're just like, okay, oh, here yeah, I am at yeah. this job. I could not I got be more ideologically different. placed on this desk, yeah. and we're just gonna wing it yeah. for the year we have yeah. together. But I think the further along that you get in true, your career, like true. if you're working, you know, as an executive or a production company, you're hopefully gonna end up with at a place that has the same yeah, no. sensibility yeah. as you. And then it's like a
1: taste thing too. like in yeah. Terms of content. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks this for having awesome. me. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much to our guests. It's so cool to hear about the actual development process from the writer's side. So I hope you guys found that valuable. Please rate, subscribe, check out the Instagram and tune back in for the next episode. Hope you guys have a great end of the month.